The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where you know I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. How many of you are feeling overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and really uncertain about the future? I know that has been the theme the last year or so, and it is starting to get really old, and many of you are telling me how burned out you are. Well, I am so thrilled to bring you, and so timely, I must say, Christine Arlo. I hope I'm saying your name correctly, Christine. You can correct me. But she has written a book called Overwhelmed and Over It, appropriate, right? As a transformational leadership advisor, three-time best-selling author, and host of the popular Feminine Power Time podcast, she is recognized worldwide for her work in helping women to make shifts happen in the lives they lead, the work they do, and the world that they wish to create. She offers workshops globally and lives near Seattle, near the water, which she just showed me. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank Thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Dr. Taz. And hello, everyone. It's great to be with you all. Well, this is, I can't believe how timely this is and so important. What inspired you to write Overwhelmed and Over It? Well, I love that you have the name Superwoman in your show because this actually goes back for me over 10 years ago when I had my first um, what's called the Superwoman Sob Moment. And I don't know, Dr. Taz, if you've had any of these or anyone listening have. <laughs> when the tears just come, you know, yep. streaming down your face because the pressure is too much. And um, it came after the um, after my first book came out and I had been working tirelessly to promote it and doing all the things I was told to do to be successful. And no matter how hard I worked and how much money I spent and how many jobs I worked, there was just never enough me, never enough time. And I wasn't having the difference I wanted to make in the world. And that was when I had the first Superwoman Sob moment in a hotel room in Dallas, Texas, when mm-hmm. my partner had sent me a text of him and my dog in my house, in my garden in California, which I was 2,500 miles away from. And I, I realized in that moment that I had designed a life that wasn't even the life that I really wanted that really was nourishing me. And that began this question of like, why are we so overwhelmed as women? And why haven't we been able to figure out how to make work-life balance work and make it all work and manage it out? Because every woman I know is, even before the pandemic, let's be honest, we've been overstretched and overwhelmed. We're just to a breaking point now. And there are real reasons why. Well, I mean, I think my superwoman whole theme and branding is a little tongue in cheek, right? I've told yes. the story before, you know, and, and the, the book I wrote, Superwoman Rx, came out in 2017, way before the pandemic, but really a reflection of the stories of women that I meet every day when I'm talking or speaking or in the patient rooms and hearing them, you know, tell their story and trying to juggle it all and pull it together. And my daughter saying, well, mom, write a book to help women. Everyone calls you a superwoman. Like maybe, you know, the secret. And I'm just looking at her going, oh, sweetie, if you only, (laughs) if you only knew (laughs) what it takes to pull it all together. But, you know, so it is tongue in cheek. I think we are forced to be superwomen. I don't know a woman who is not a superwoman managing 20 million things and taking care of everyone and earning money and doing all of it. You know, why, what has happened to us? Like, how did we land here? Like our, you know, our, our grandmothers fought for women's rights and, you know, women thousands of years ago didn't have the opportunities we have. Why are we feeling this way and just so exhausted and stressed? Well, there are real reasons. What I want to say first is to everyone out there, all the super women, um, it's not our fault. 
I just really want to underline that's one of the big reasons I wrote overwhelmed and over it because what I've seen as as women is we become so resilient that we've become too tolerant of -hmm. the ways that we're expected to work and what we're supposed to be able to manage and handle from the outside systems and also from ourselves. And Mm -hmm. when I was doing the research of this question of like, you know, WTF, how can we were still stuck in this thing? And how come women are like less happy, more sick, more stressed out than we were in the 1970s before we got all these rights. And so I actually had some pretty deep conversations. So I went back to the source. I'm like, let me go back and talk to the women who are actually on the front lines in the 60s and 70s. And I got to talk to people, including Gloria Steinem. And yeah, it was great. I had a nice one. I had a one-on-one conversation with her and it, and they all said the same thing. It was very clear. This is what happened. Well, here's what happened. The message was never, you can do and be and have it all. The message was you can do and be anything, but you have to make choices. So just remember that this choices, right? So it's like, I'm like choices, like, like we kind of know that, but then we, 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 just, right. we, like, we really, right. and I'm like, uh, we didn't get that message. We were said, you know, you can do and be and have it all. And I, and I, and so I, I got deeper and I'm like, why did we just get, why don't we really get that? And, and basically the message and the reality is the systems didn't change in the 70s and 80s when women entered the workforce. We assimilated into systems that were not built for women or really humans' best interest. So we just took more on because we had to, right? So it's like we had put on shoulder pads and we got little bow ties and we cut our hair, <laughs> we climbed the ladders and we played a game that was, you know, was, was, was built, you know, built to suck as much out of people as possible. And we weren't in places of power or influence to be, to make it different. And, yeah. and now we are. Um, but I think what I see with a lot of women and why I wrote this book is because even really powerful, smart women like you and I, and everyone here, we don't actually see what's really happening. Cause we've just, we're like fish in a fishbowl. Yeah. We're just assimilated to it. And we're just trying to <laughs> keep our heads above the water. And I think that's the gift of this year of like, why are we working this way? Because this right. way of working isn't actually working for any of us. I don't think. So true. I would say even for me, like I love everything I do, but the forced slowdown and not being on a plane for, I took my first trip last weekend, but not being on a plane for, you know, all these months has given me some bandwidth and probably saved some relationships and some things going on in our family that I didn't realize, you know, were happening quite honestly, because I was so just running around, right? So Mm -hmm. stressed. So I think there have been some gifts to this madness, you know, as challenging as it's been for so many of us. And overwhelmed and over it, you encourage women to embrace the power of their fierce feminine heart. Can you explain that to to me and to us and what you mean by that? So I I really believe our power center is our heart. Mm -hmm. And I think our heart informs our brain, not so much the other way around. And when a woman can get really in touch with her heart, two things happen. One, she becomes like that mama bear, that fierce cougar, who's like, uh, like not on my watch, (laughs) you know, like that will protect her cubs, but will also protect herself. And so there's a way I really like believe if women's hearts around the world woke up, we would all look around and be like, the way we're working, the way the society is set up, this is like, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. It's like, no more. Like I, yeah. I always say I have this fantasy that you like way before the pandemic, I'd be like, what if every woman just stood up and said, like, I'm not working this way anymore. We're not designing our society this way anymore. The world would be like, oh my God, they're for real deal. And they would like, they'd have to listen to us. And I think that that part, that fierceness, you mentioned your daughter. Yes. And, you know, one of the, 
I don't have my own physical children. I decided not to be a, a mother in that way, but I have like a heart for the children of the world and the mm -hmm. generations to come. And when we see nine-year-olds coming home and asking their mothers to go on anti-anxiety medicine because the stress is too much. And when it's like commonplace knowledge that incoming freshmen are referred to as crispies mm -hmm. because they're so burned out going into high school, we have to like look around and be like, oh, what's happening to our yeah. children? What's happened to, to us? And so that fierce feminine heart, I remember when I um, was speaking to a group of women about seven years ago, and I was sharing about this, you know, take more on, take more on, mm -hmm. too bad women suck it up. And I'm like, what do you all you women think? And Dr. Taz and everybody was, it was perfect. This, this little petite woman jumps out of her seat and she's like eight months pregnant. And she just yells, that's BS. She said it. Like, I don't know if I can say it on there, but that's BS. And it was like, here's this mother, right? Pregnant with the next generation, willing to stand up and say, actually, we're not going to do it that way anymore and not be like raging lunatics and not, you know, just, you know, spouting into the Facebook, but like actually from that fierce, grounded, rooted place, I call fierce grace to actually say, how do we do this differently? So how do you do that? How do you tap into that place? I mean, I know I try really hard and I have all kinds of tools in place for me, but uh, you know, there's still a big block here and energy healers have, have sensed it. And some of it's from expectations from years ago when I was a child, but, but tapping into it when we can, we do get incredibly powerful and we get incredibly intentional and we attract so much amazing stuff into our lives how, what have you found is the best way for us to lead from here mm -hmm. and to learn from here before we get all jumbled up up here, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, you know, before all that starts, what's, what's the best way to get back in here? And by in here, if you're listening and not watching, I'm pointing to my heart yeah. <laughs> and the jumbling I mean, with yeah, my head. It's so. interesting because I would, I often say all my work is about the heart. And yeah. when I, if you would, I, I grew up in the Midwest in Chicago, I have my MBA. I didn't know anything about my heart until I had a big wake up call from the universe and realized, wow, I just almost designed an entire life that I didn't even want because I wasn't mm -hmm. really in touch with what my heart really desired and what was my soul design. And because I was afraid to feel, I didn't really want to feel what was going on in there. And I sure didn't want to admit there was any fear in there. Right. And so this is, you know, this is the thing, this is where our self-empowerment comes in. We could name a litany of lists of the system, systemic reasons why we're stuck in burnout. We could, um, but the real power comes from actually looking in our own hearts and going into those deeper reasons for why do you strive so hard? Why do we grind? Why do we push? Why do we self-sacrifice? Why do we have identified 13 different ways that we overgive? Mm -hmm. and sacrifice ourselves. There's overcompensating, overpromising, over um, extending. And we do it because there are these, these wounds inside of our hearts that are imprints that come from, you know, all the things I always say, we were born on this planet. We were like, yay, I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be amazing. I've got gifts. You've got gifts. And then you're like, oh, I just met someone who's been here for a little longer than me. Well, whambo. <laughs> and so that happens to us and we develop all these, you know, these coping mechanisms and they become more than beliefs. They become imprints. They become imprints, emotional imprints, cellular imprints, physical imprints. And, and I think that as part of us as women, we become so strong. Like a lot of women I work with, they're like, it's weak to be needy. It's weak mm -hmm. to need support. And I actually think it's the opposite. It's like wise to know the support that you need versus this invincible superwoman facade 
and or the flip side is kind of the martyr self-sacrificing. Right. Um, so you got to go in there and you got to go into the feels and you got to go into the, the fear and get really real with yourself um, about what's in there and then take the journey. You don't got to sit on a couch for 20 years. You just got to take your power to actually understand how your own heart works. And are there ways to tap into that power? Is there a way, like, is there a particular method you like to use to tap into that power? What would you tell the women listening that get it, but they don't know how to do it? Yeah, I would say there's two places to start. One place, it's so funny because I have this, I totally turned off my phone, but there <laughs> every, every day at 108, my alarm goes off and it tells me it's time to surrender. <laughs> so oh I, gosh, it's funny it. that I try to turn awesome. my phone on airplane mode and it keeps going up. So yeah, there, there you go. Surrender control. You're not in control. So maybe I was even, that's like, that's number one. Like there's developing a deeper level of trust with the universe. And like, I don't actually know how to let go of control if you don't have a trust in something that is bigger than all of you, whatever that is, everyone, whether you believe it's the trees or you think it's God or the divine or spirit or whatever, there has to be something that you have a trust in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's been part of my path for sure. And, and I think that that starts with number one, every, this is the other, this is a practice that I think is necessary, which is how you start your day is how you live your day. What are you connecting with in the first hour of your morning? If we just started very basic. So how many of you, we can do a little poll here, have ever reached for your phone, gone on social media, turned on the news, connected to something other than yourself, the bigger thing, America or the earth or the people you live with in the, in the first hour of your morning? Everyone I know, (laughs) you know, right. Um, And, and so when we do that, you invite all of that energy into your field. You've Mm -hmm. just let the the outside world's emotions and swirl and whatever. And so you're like like a windsock with no pole. You're not connected to your own body. You're not connected to your own being. How are you today? Did you even look in the mirror to even, you know, to to understand that? So that's the first place I tell everyone to start. Um, My rule is in the first hour of your day, no outside connection with anything but yourself and the people around you. And in the book, I get into like a recipe of the four points of connection, connection, connecting to the, to the divine, the universe, connecting to the earth, connecting to the self and connecting to somebody else that's a form of love. And that kind of stabilizes you for the morning and it gets you centered in, in yourself. And so that's one of the first, um, the first practices. And the second practice I would say is, when you feel yourself in the moment, stressed, stretching, pushing, swirled up, twizzlered up mm-hmm. to stop, you got to reharmonize yourself and get curious about what's actually going on in your heart. And it's just a matter of walking away from whatever you're doing, hear the words, stop, pause, slow down, harmonize. And then I always put my hand on my heart and I'll just be like, what's going on in there? Like, what am I feeling right now? What am I afraid of right now? What am I trying to make happen? Um, this just happened oh a half hour ago because everything started to speed up and I was feeling stressed out about something that was in my field that's out of my control. That's a sign when you start to speed up that you're in your mind and not in your heart. And so in that moment, that's how I quit smoking. You stop and you feel what's going on in there. And then you, then you can ask yourself a very simple question. What do I need? What do I need right now in this moment? 
All of those are such great techniques. Now, does harmonic defiance have anything to do with this overall, like tapping back into your heart, leading from your heart, and then creating the life you want? It does. Harmonic defiance is the superpower. And I know you like superpowers. I'm all about the superpowers. All about the superpower. <laughs> all about the superpowers. So, so harmonic defiance, this is yeah. one of my favorite superpowers. And okay. it, um, so I, sh- I should just, I would just like to, I would love to just read it from the book because I wrote it so well and it's yeah. just easier for me to, to read it. Yeah, so the feminine superpower of harmonic defiance is. The feminine superpower of harmonic defiance is choosing to defy the systems and realities that do not work for you. Not by ranting and raging, but by doing things differently in wise ways that cultivate harmony. It's choosing to proactively create new realities by how you design your life, lead within your organization, community, and family, and show up in your relationships. I love this part. You don't ask for permission. You just choose what's in harmony and you do it. Mm, I love it. And that happens in small ways, like small decisions, whether it's like I've worked with women who are like, I have to start work at 730. I'm like, and most of the time, 90% of the time, it's actually not really true. It's a mandate that's come down. And we work with them. I'm like, well, what if you didn't start till eight, especially now? I'm like, who's going to know? <laughs> I'm like, take your power back, lady. You know, And just like, and so like, give yourself that half hour to like big life design decisions where you make a shift in how you're operating because how you're operating isn't sustainable and you don't post it on social media. You don't tell your family who's not going to support you. You don't right. even tell your boss. You just start making the changes and then people watch you and they're like, you could just move to an island. And I'm like, yeah, you can't just move to an island. <laughs> you know, so it's like that part of getting like, and one of the things I love about harmonic defiance is that it's not about ranting and raging and what is called wasting your chi. And so Anne, Anne Richards, I love, I love like mm-hmm. looking back at like amazing women who have yeah. been in the past. So Anne Richards was the governor of Texas. Yeah. She happened to also be the mother-in-law of one of my students mm-hmm. and Sharon. And Sharon, when I was writing the book, told me that Anne, she had asked, Anne, what did you do to deal with the big boy politics of Texas? She was supposed to be infuriating. And she said, you know, I just look around and look at them and just say to myself, I'm not going to waste my chi on that. Oh, I love that. She knew right? about chi? She knew oh, about chi. Oh, yeah. God, go Texas. I love it. <laughs> so it's like, I put that, I give that to everybody, put it in your yeah. back pocket and just be like, in that moment of like, are you going to waste your chi on that? Because that's what we're talking about, right? You know, this is you teach this is uses what your life force right. is everything. It's right. You don't have life force. You have nothing. Exactly. And it's how we sustain it and preserve it and build it. That really determines kind of what happens next. You know, you also talk about stress and so many women feel stress. And I know this is all connected. How, what do you recommend in terms of releasing stress every day and getting rid of stress on a daily basis? You know, some, you talked about the first hour of the day, you talked about tapping into harmonic defiance, like not, you know, just making the right choices. Uh, how do we release stress when we're getting super stressed? And I know someone listening might be like, okay, I get it, but the practicalities of all of this, I have bills to pay, I have this to do, I have that to do. And then the swirling starts again, and then people get stuck. How yeah. would you navigate them out of that? So first of all, it's not about time. So any 
BS baloney pants. You got in there, but I need more time. Um, I've taught these things to women who have three kids, seven goats, and like <laughs> a husband. And, and it's not about time. It's actually there's it's there's a whole other TV. We could do a whole series on time and space and getting out of. Okay, it's I'd not about more to. time. I would because, love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we'll put that to the side, but it's about creating space for yourself. And you've ever had the experience where you actually like meetings fall off your calendar and all of a sudden you can breathe yep. and like things flow into the right place. That's the power. That's the power of creating space. Another superpower, Dr. Kaz. The oh my gosh. Creating space. And so you got to start where you are. And so I always say, start where you are by bookending your day. So how you start your day is going to determine how you live your day. How you end the last hour of your day directly correlates to how you're going to wake up and how you're going to feel the next day. Mm. And so it's the practice of downshifting. So just start with the last hour of your day. And what are you putting into your mind? What are you putting into your emotions? What are you putting into your energetic field. I mean, yogic science teaches we have 10 bodies, right? Not just one body. So mm -hmm. if you're on Facebook in your bed, you an hour before you go to sleep, all of those people come into your consciousness with you. You're mm -hmm. watching, you know, I love Frankie and Grace and I love a couple of, I love Outlander occasionally. I just love watching it the last hour of the night because I would wake yeah. up and I'd be thinking of like Jamie and like, you know, in Outlander right. and Frankie and Grace, right? So like that just the last hour. So you start to downshift. You turn all the lights off, except for lights that go up this way. I put my special robe on. I don't eat any sugar in that last hour, even if it's a brownie, which I love. And mm -hmm. this is the other part. Know your self-sabotaging habits for mm -hmm. releasing stress. Stop mm -hmm. trying to hide them. Stop trying to pretend you don't have them. I always say, know your top four or five. And sometimes you're good. Uh, me, it's all about sugar, brownies, mm -hmm. red wine, <laughs> and pasta. And it's okay sometimes. You know, sometimes you're like, I choose the brownie. I don't right. choose the whole pan. Or right. like, you know, right. I choose to have a half a bottle of wine tonight, but not four nights in a row. So that when you start to realize, oh, I'm repeating this pattern, you say to yourself, I'm managing my stress in an unhealthy way. And you do what I just went back to. What's going on in my heart? What's going on? Because there's something you're not getting that you need. And then you ask yourself, what do I need that I'm not getting? I just did this. And I, because I've had a book come out, I've been, you know, like you, we like all of us, like we, we're out in the world achieving. Right. And I was like, oh, hmm, I just had another glass of wine. I don't want again. <laughs> you know, and I'm so noticing the pattern. And I just got really quiet one morning in my meditation. And I was like, what do I need? And I'm like, I just need my mornings back for me because in this book release, I could wake up in the morning and I'm like, I do a very short practice and then I'm, I'm, I'm on mm -hmm. and my, my, my space for me, had kind of went like this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I'm reclaiming my morning space for me. And like, so this morning I woke up and I had something very important to do, but instead I made myself some coffee and I worked on my journal and I did a little wisdom card reading for myself and I did my yoga and I went outside and I'm like, I have to have the space. I can't, I'm, I'm not feeling nurtured. I'm not feeling nurtured. And if I'm not feeling nurtured, I'm just going to keep nurturing everyone else. And eventually right. I will revolt. And my revolts usually cost thousands of dollars. Um, <laughs> um, so, so it's like, I, I be compassionate with yourself, be curious with yourself. I don't know that I'm, I think enlightenment, and I don't know what your opinion is, 
Dr. Taz on this is like, ignore your five self-sabotaging things. I love that. I think and, and, and love yourself with them and be with them. Just don't fall into the chronic habit with them. I think this is also, so, so many superpowers, right? I was trying to keep a little mental list here. We have harmonic defiance. We have leading from the heart. We have creating space. Did I miss one? I think well, oh, we no, just yeah. added, I didn't name it, but it's the superpower of receiving. Ah. And that's um, a big part in the middle of the chapter, all about the heart. Part of the reason we are so burned out, overwhelmed and all of it is because we're not receiving what we need. We're like completely out of balance. Give, give, give. We're like banks that give withdrawals that don't take in or retain enough deposits. And I remember one of the, the, the breakthroughs that I had after my first book, I went to acupuncture. It's the way I keep myself healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was in a burnout cycle I couldn't see where I would work really hard, give a lot. And then every three months I would crash. And so I was seeing this acupuncturist, Dr. Fang. He, he caught out, it took him a year to catch on to me. He, I would go in, noodles in, take the herbs, be better. Three months later, same thing. So after a year, I go in and he just puts his, he doesn't put any needles in, he just puts his hands on my belly. And he says these words to me, retain, retain. And he says it like, like three times. And it like, when you have an epiphany and the whole thing goes mm-hmm. through your, and I was like, retain my life force. Oh my God, like retain my life force. Mm-hmm. Like, just like you learned to save money, right? Retain your life force. Cause I was giving, giving, draining, 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 get sick, burn out. And then I would refill. And, and so my, the rule is, Never serve from your reserves, retain, don't drain your life force. And one way to do this, if you do this real quick, kind of, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but this yeah. is the practice. This would be the practice top three that has kept me out of burnout. Um, and it's, it's called the life force check-in and receiving practice. So here's how it goes. Dr. Taz, you do it. I'll do it. Everyone do okay. it. Got helps it. if you put your hand on your heart and that one hand on your belly, you don't have to, but helps to just kind of connect in with yourself. So just take a breath. An inhale and an exhale and just bring all your awareness into yourself. And we're going to do a life force reading kind of imagine that if you were like a chalice with your chalice, like a hundred percent being full, or you could also be like a, like an energy charge being a hundred percent full. What's your life force level right now on a scale of zero to 100. So 100 is full, 50 is half and zero is like empty to dead. Ask your inner wisdom for a number. Okay, it's 60. I got a 60. I got a 61. Okay, I'll tell You're you. You're kidding. You know. That's crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you the scale in a moment. So the okay. second question is, what do you need to receive today? What do you need to receive today? I got love. I got joy in the creative process. Um, see how I'm rubbing my heart because it's an interesting way. My body's just naturally doing that. So here's the scale. If you're a 75 and above and you go into the world and you give and you don't receive, you're going to be okay, but always better to receive. If you're between a 15 and 75 and you don't receive what you need, you're going to start going to that half point. Once you're at the half point, that's when you start to drain faster. You're in the stem of the chalice. You're serving from your reserves. If you're a 50 to 25, you actually have to shift how you're giving that day and change the way you show up, ask for more support move meetings. If you're below a 30, you are in danger, danger, danger zone. You are probably (laughs) have physical illness setting into your body. And this why this practice is so important. I've done it every day is you will, you will know before you hit burnout, 
before wow. you hit the 50. So you, and it's never a Tahiti trip. It's never that it's these really yeah. simple things. Like when I did it this morning, I was at a 71 and mm-hmm. I was, and what I needed to receive was patience for people. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me. I've dropped 10 points since this Great morning, day, huh? but before I got on with you all, I got twizzlered out. And I know that's why I dropped yeah. 10 points because yeah. that emotional twirl. Day, I had, you know, I'm on the East coast. So I've had a whole day of a lot of zoom meetings and mm-hmm. they drained me a little bit. I prefer the person to person interaction. So I, I know why mine, I don't know where I started, but I'm going to try that from now on. And is it your intuitive body that automatically kind of knows the answer that we're checking in with? Yeah, you're it. That's you talking to your heart. What do I need to receive today? Exactly. Your intuit, your intuition, that feminine, fierce feminine wisdom. And then you design your day like that. And I do it on both ends. And it's, but my partner and I check in in the morning together and we check in in the evening together. And so then we both know what each other needs. And you can also do this with your kids. There's a story of a woman named yeah. Rebecca in the book who does it with her four-year-old son. And, but she asks and said, what does your heart need today? So little yeah. Joaquin, four years old, says things like, my heart needs to be nice to my cousin. <laughs> my, my heart needs hugs. So here's this little yeah. four-year-old, yeah. you know, she's teaching to be in connection to his heart. Right. Can you imagine grow, the man he's going to grow up to be? Uh. Amazing. This has been inspirational for me, for sure. I know so many women are experiencing burnout and feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, the pandemic has just heightened that to a certain extent. They were already having those issues and now they're juggling even more roles. So this is so timely. Where can people find your book or connect with you if they want to give us your Give us your details. Yeah. The best way to stay connected to me is through my podcast, Feminine Power Time, because just I just like you, I love the podcast informant. It's a great place for us to have meaningful conversations called Feminine Power Time. And you can also um, check me out on my website, Christina Rilo, and it's just A-R-Y-L-O or the book overwhelmedandoverit.com. That's a good place. It'll take you right there. And um, if you want more on the morning practice stuff, check out dailyflowpractice.com. It's um, where I kind of, I did a, like a half hour video on some of the concepts on it and a smaller little booklet that goes with it. Um, and that's also on my website too. So those are some good places to start. Wonderful. Well, this has been helpful. I know, I hope you guys all got that information. The website again is dailyflowpractice.com. I'm going to check it out as well. Thank you for joining me today. We will have to do another session on time and space. I've been diving into that world a little bit and I find it fascinating as well. So I'll probably have my team reach out to get you back on. I love talking about the superpower of creating space. It is a definite superpower and we all need it. We definitely do. And I've seen my life shift too, as I've sort of let, let things open up a little bit, but for everybody else, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Superwomen Wellness. And remember we are on Spotify as well. So rate and review it and share it with your friends. And if you guys do so and email me, it's hello at drtaz.com. I'll send you a free bottle of boost to keep you super powered. I'll see you guys next time. 